on the last day of 2024. Um, Pastor Mike and his family are enjoying a well-deserved week off here. So pray that they're able to enjoy that and actually take the week off. Um, You can turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm Pastor Justice, and we'll be uh, sharing the word with you this morning. So earlier this year, I preached from the second half of Ephesians 5, having to do with the family. But uh, to cap off 2023 and move us into the next year, I want to go back to the verses right before that. Um, But so that we have context, we're going to go ahead and we're going to read starting in verse 1 of Ephesians 5. It says in verse 1 of Ephesians 5, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality, or any impurity or greed, must not even be named among you, as it is proper, as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness, or silly talk, or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible. When they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And here's where we get to our our main text for this morning. Verse 15, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, But understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ." Lord, we ask as we look at your word today and think about the upcoming year that we would walk in your wisdom and in your ways and not our own. Help us to cast aside foolishness and sin that we may run the race that you have set before us that would be able to be good ambassadors for you and for your kingdom. Speak to us today through your word. Amen. So, in this passage... 
specifically in verses 15 through 21. I think most of us could pick out several exhortations from Paul. Um, We're told to be careful how we walk or how we live or conduct ourselves. We're supposed to walk in wisdom, not in foolishness, not as the unwise. We're supposed to make the most of our time, the most of every opportunity. We are not supposed to get drunk. We are supposed to be filled with the Spirit instead. We are to speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. We are to give thanks for all things, and we are to submit to one another. That's all there in that passage, right? Yes. Amen. Um, The answer is yes. But I, I think the main exhortation from Paul is to walk in wisdom. That's what he's saying, to walk in wisdom, to conduct ourselves in a wise way and not in a foolish way. And then the rest of these are exhortations on ways that we can do this. He says, walk in wisdom, here's how you do it. Here are the ways that you walk in wisdom. Um, To walk in wisdom is to make the most of your time. To walk in wisdom is to be filled with the Spirit. To walk in wisdom is to give thanks in all things. And where does wisdom come from? Do we know? The Lord, right? Like, who was the wisest person to ever walk the earth? Jesus, right? And, and God is the creator of everything. He, he is the wisest of all. And so wisdom comes from God. It comes from Jesus. Therefore, it comes from his word. Amen? Okay, so that's where we want to look for wisdom. And this morning, we're going to look at God's word. We're going to look at this passage. And um, we're going to see seven areas but I think we need to strive to walk in wisdom in this coming year. There's a lot of ways. Hopefully you'll spend the rest of your life in God's Word looking at how to walk in wisdom. But this morning, seven, seven different things we're going to see here and a couple other places. As a church, um, I don't know if when you came in this morning you noticed uh, in the back there it says Ambassadors for Christ. Hannah created a, a beautiful banner for us, and it's up now, but that is our a theme for this coming year, um, that we are ambassadors for Christ. We want to remember that. We want to be thinking about that. And so, therefore, the first exhortation this morning we see here, my encouragement to you is to walk in wisdom with your evangelistic efforts. And this is not directly in this text, but it is all over the Bible, all over the New Testament. It is called the Great Commission, right? We are to reach the lost. We are to take the gospel to them, um, to even to the ends of the earth. And a chapter later in Ephesians 6, Paul asks for prayer from the church um, that utterance may be given to me, he says, in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul's asking for prayer to be an ambassador, um, to be able to walk in wisdom with his evangelistic efforts. Church, we are, we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors. And this year I want to encourage you as you enter 2024, look at your life through a filter of evangelism. Are you walking wisely in a way that's going to give you opportunity to be a good witness and to share with people, or are you not? I just want to share an example with you. Um, This is made up, 
but similar to real life that I've experienced. So just say you're at a party, a lot of parties at Christmas time, right? Um, and you see one of your friends from church talking to some people that you don't know. You go over, you meet them, and somehow the conversation shifts to something like inflation and how expensive things are. And you start to open your mouth and talk about how dumb anyone is who voted for a Democrat. And that's why we're in this situation. This happened to me multiple times in my life. As I've been sharing, trying to connect with people um, that don't know Jesus. After a little nervous laughter, you walk away and you probably don't think anything of it, right? Um, well, little did you know that your friend from church was actually trying to reach out to those people, trying to get them to come to church, and they voted for Democrats. And shortly after uh, your friend introduced you as someone from your church, you proceeded to unknowingly insult them. Um, and they no longer have any interest in going to your church. So, made-up story, but it is actually really close to several real-life experiences as I've had as I've been reaching out to someone trying to get them to come to church. Um, I might agree with you about inflation and the problems with inflation. I may agree with you that you people shouldn't be voting for Democrat for various reasons, but totally disagree with what you said and how you said it, um, because you just insulted someone that uh, you did not know. So when I say we need to walk in wisdom with our evangelistic efforts, I mean a lot of things. Well, one of them is Let's seek to use wisdom when we are talking to people, especially people we don't know, okay? If people are going to be offended by us, let it be by the gospel we are sharing and not by us opening our mouths and, and putting our foot in there, right? We, we don't want to do that. Um, we need to learn how to speak the truth in a wise way and hone in on the gospel and how to weave into our conversations, weave the gospel into our conversations instead of discussing other inflammatory things with people we don't know. Um, you may be very right about a lot of issues, um, but the issue that we want to make sure people get is Jesus. And if they trust in Jesus, then he's going to start working on their heart uh, in a bunch of other areas too. So in 2024, I encourage you to do as Colossians 4 says, conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Walk in wisdom in your evangelistic efforts this year. Secondly, um, we see this in the text here, walk in wisdom in your time management this year. You got 12 months, 52 weeks. Is, are there actually 365 days in a year? Not this year? Three, how many are there? 360. Anyways, right around that. And more hours than I, I didn't add up the hours. But you got a lot of time in this coming year, and I think we'd all agree that time is a precious resource yet, right? The older you get, the faster time goes. When I was a kid, I thought time moved really slow, and now as I'm approaching 40, time is moving really, really fast. And you can't get it back. You can't get time back. But so often we waste our time, whether it's mindlessly scrolling through social media or looking at our phone, um, TV shows, video games, um, projects that don't have much value. And I say this as 
one who enjoys those things. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we tend to waste our time if we're not careful. And this coming year, I want to encourage you to look at how you spend your time and don't waste it. Um, a lot of times we don't think we're wasting our time in the moment. We might consider whatever we're doing productive even. We might feel like we're accomplishing a lot. But we want to look in light of eternity and we want to look at God's word. It says, be careful how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of your time. The most of your time. Because the days are evil. And so, how, how do we make the most of our time in these days full of hardships and trials and evil things? Um, if we are not in God's word, and we are not looking for wisdom on how to do this, we're going to come up with the wrong answers. How to spend our time. And so I encourage you, check your heart. We all need to check our hearts and look at how we're using our time this year because as sinful beings, we're going to naturally line up what is most important in the wrong order because we tend to think about ourselves. So when you look at God's Word, like, ask yourself, why are you here? Like, why are you here at Liberty? Why are you here in St. Charles County? Why are you here in America? Why are you on this earth? You know who put you here in this exact place? It was God. God is the one who set you here and determined where you would live and at what time you would be there. And he has done it so that you may know him and make him known. That you may glorify him and enjoy him. So filter through that and the rest of God's word how should you use your time. When you're thinking about it, filter through that. How can I make God known? How can I know him? God has put you in this church, and our theme this year, as I said, is being ambassadors for Christ. So how might you use your time this year to accomplish that goal? Don't waste your time and your life on things that you want and, and personal goals you might have. Use your time to live for the Lord and bring him glory. Line up your time management to prioritize the things that God says are most important. And so for some of you, it might mean you need to spend more time pouring into your family. Loving and leading your wife, loving and bringing up your kids, teaching them about Jesus. For some of you, it means you need to spend more time using the gifts God has given you to serve your church. You need to plug in and pour out. For some of you, it might mean you need to spend more time focused on reaching your neighbors and your co-workers spending intentional time trying to share the good news of Jesus with them. And for some of you, and probably for all of us, it means more time in God's Word, right? More time in prayer. I think all of these things, all of these things are for all of us. Walk in wisdom this coming year with how you use your time and make the most of it. Thirdly, and this one is not directly in this text, but I'm, I'm bringing it in. Um... Because if we're going to talk about walking in wisdom and making the most of our time, I don't think we can pass it up. Uh, I encourage you, church, walk in wisdom with your finances this year. Because I think this is an area where most Christians in our country walk in foolishness and not wisdom. The leaders of our country have no idea how to walk in wisdom in this area. They do not. They spend money that does not exist. They spend money that does not exist on things that are wrong, things that are evil. 
they are not only foolish with their money, they are corrupt and wicked. And sadly, most of America is not far behind in spending money that they do not have. And, and that makes sense because uh, our government and our leaders tend to be a reflection of the people, right? So the, we, we complain about the government, but as a whole, as a nation, we're, we're doing the same thing. We're spending money we don't have on things that don't matter. Um, and this all takes place even though we are the richest country in the history of the world. Kids walk around with $1,000 phones. People drive around in $50,000 cars, $100,000 cars. People live in huge homes with amenities that would never have been thought of 50 years ago. And, and I'm not just talking about rich people. I'm talking about even like the middle class America. And I say this as, as I know we are all feeling the pinch of inflation. Trust me, like we are, we are feeling it too. Um, but we are as a culture abounding in wealth, more wealth than any other culture has ever known. And believers are a big part of that wealth. At least in our current moment, in our, our society, being a Christian does not automatically mean that you're going to be paid less. does not automatically mean you're going to be unable to find a job. In some cultures, if you are a Christian, you're, you're being forced to leave behind your job. We're, we're not there yet. We might get there, but we're, we're not there yet. But according to recent research, only 5 to 10% of regular church goers give 10% or more. And of those, those people that do, they do seem to understand generosity as 77% of those people give over 10%. But the rest of, of church attendees in America give somewhere between 2 and 4% which is actually right in line with the rest of Americans. Um, this should shame the church. And I'm not going to make an argument today for tithing or getting into tithing versus grace giving or anything like that, but when we look at how wealthy we are and how God has been generous towards us, the church, the church in America should be giving like the church has never done before. 10% should be like a baseline, not an ending point. And if you question that or you're struggling with giving, I encourage you to go read 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 and just let God's word work on your heart. I'm much more concerned with your heart than I am whether or not liberty receives your finances. But I want us as a church to steward well what God has so graciously and generously given us so that we would walk in wisdom and not foolishness. So before we move on from this, I just want to mention one more passage here. Uh, most, of, most of you are probably familiar with Matthew 25 and the parable of the talents. A master called three servants to him. He gave them each talents. One of them he gave five, another one he gave two, and another one he gave one. Now, talents were a lot of money. People are, are not entirely sure, but estimates can put it around 20 years worth of wages. So, as a kid, I remember reading about the guy with the one talent, and I'm like, he only got one talent. Like, he hardly got anything. Well, one talent was a lot of money. 20 years of wages is a lot. So he, he actually had quite a bit. And in the parable, the first two, they used their money wisely. They doubled what they had been given. They made a profit for their master. But the last servant, he was afraid, and he hid his master's money in the ground, and things didn't go well for him. He had the money taken from him, and he was thrown out into the darkness. And I know this text is not simply about money. It's, it's about using what God has given you for his glory. 
using whatever he's bestowed upon you. But for us in America, wealth is one of the things he has bestowed upon us. And if that last servant was thrown out because he, he failed to use what he was given and he just he hid it, how much worse do you think it would have been for him if, if he had gone out and used it for himself to make himself as comfortable as possible and to get all the stuff he wanted? There would be a reckoning, and I believe a reckoning is coming for the church in America. So I encourage you, church, use the finances God has given you wisely. Be generous. Give, bestow upon people. The money you have is not your own. It belongs to the Lord. He has you as his steward, and you will give an account. And God is going to provide all that you need. So trust him as you are generous and give and walk in wisdom with your finances this year. Fourthly, <coughs> walk in wisdom with your family in 2024. I talked about this the last few times I preached, so, so <coughs> excuse me, I won't go as long today, but Ephesians 5 and 6 talk about walking in wisdom with your family. It addresses husbands and wives and children and parents. And so husbands, love and lead and lay down your, wife, your life for your wife this year. Read the word to her. Pray for your wife and your kids. Pray with your wife and your kids. Wives, love and honor and submit to your husband this year. Support him. Speak well of him. Pray for him and pray with him. And lay down your life for him. Parents, as I'm getting ready to be a parent, this becomes more and more real to me. But pour out your lives for your children. Raise them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Walk in wisdom looking to God's word and not the world for how to raise them. The most important thing that you can do is raise kids who know and love Jesus. That's, that's the most important thing you can teach them is to know and love Jesus. It's way more important than them being good at sports. It's way more important than them getting into the right school or landing a great paying job. Teach them to love Jesus. Worship with your family. Read the word to your kids. Sing together. Discipline them. Teach them to love Jesus. Young people, honor your parents. That's what it says in Ephesians 6. Honor your parents. If you want to walk in wisdom this year, Start by honoring your father and your mother. There's a promise there that it will go well with you. <laughs> and to everyone, uh, I'm sure we all have family members who don't know Jesus. Pray for them this year. Pray for them and pray for you to be able to walk in wisdom when you see them. Look for opportunities to listen to them and love them and speak to them. Remember, the most important thing is not that you agree on everything, is that they know Jesus. Look for chances to show and tell the love of Jesus. I don't know how many believers your family members will interact with, but most of your family will have interactions with you. Make the most of that. Walk in wisdom this year and bring them the gospel. Pray for them. Fifthly, Walk in wisdom in all your relationships this year. All. All of them. We talked about family, but there's a lot more. 
So ask yourself, how can I make the most of, of the time in these evil days and make the most of every opportunity towards everyone around me? A lot of you have coworkers. A lot of you, most of you probably have a boss. Um, Ephesians 6 in verse 5 It says, slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. One of the ways that you can be a good ambassador to your boss and your co-workers is by living out this command. This is how you walk wisely at work. And as you walk like this, look for opportunities to open your mouth and tell your boss and your co-workers about Jesus. Share the gospel with them. If you're trying to do that and you live this out, God is going to give you opportunities to do that. Some of you are actually bosses. Verse 9 says, Masters, do the same thing to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Um, Be a good boss this year. If you're a boss, if you oversee people, try to be the best possible boss that you can be. Walk in wisdom towards those who are under you. Be gracious. Be good to them. And take opportunities um, to share with them. Most of us have neighbors. I think almost all of us have neighbors. Um, Walk in wisdom towards them. Make the most of every opportunity. God has, again, he's put you where you are. He has placed you there in that neighborhood, and you have the hope of Jesus Christ. So take it to your neighbors. Have them over for dinner. Host a get-together for your neighborhood. Get to know them. Invite them to church. Share with them. I said this last time, but everybody in your neighborhood, should know you love Jesus and should know where you go to church because you've been sharing with them. Um, I encourage you to do that this year. I would love to see people coming in here because they were invited by you, their neighbor. Think about the people you interact with or see on a regular basis. Ask yourself, how can I reach them this year? How can I use my time well and walk in wisdom Church, they need Jesus. How can you help bring them to him? Don't assume your neighbors, if they say, oh, I go to church, don't assume that they know Jesus just because they say they go to church. If you ask most people, they will say, oh, I go to church somewhere. Um, That doesn't mean they know Jesus. Don't write them off just because they say that. Walk in wisdom with your fellow church members this year. And make the most of every opportunity you have with them. Ephesians 5 says we are to speak to one another, to sing to one another, to give thanks, to be subject to one another. Um, And we'll get to the singing and giving thanks in just a moment. But we are to be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Which hearkens to Philippians 2. Which says this. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, 
if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Church, walk in wisdom this year toward your fellow church members and regard your brothers and sisters as more important than yourself. (coughs) Sixth, I want to encourage you to walk in wisdom in your worship this year. And by this, I mean specifically the service here with your brothers and sisters. Ephesians 5, as we just said, says to sing to one another and to the Lord. We are to make melodies and give thanks in all things. And we are to do this together. Generally speaking, I think there are few things more important than the church meeting together to worship. We come here week after week to lift up the name of Jesus and meet with him. We come to hear the word taught and preached, to pray and to fellowship and to sing. And church, we need this. You need this on a regular basis. When we talk about time management, and I said we should prioritize things the way God does and give our time accordingly, this should be near the top. We, we talk about belonging We're supposed to belong, flourish, and go. Those are like our three words here as a church. Um, That all happens and starts here on Sundays. The writer of Hebrews says we're not to give up meeting together, but we are to encourage each other, and all the more as we see the day of Christ's return drawing near. When you are not here, you are missing that encouragement. You need to hear God's word preached more than you know. And you need it in your home church where God has put pastors over you to preach the word to you and your church specifically, not everyone else in the whole world. A good sermon should be applicable all across the world, but a good pastor should also, he's preaching his word to his church, not to everyone else. You need to hear that. God's put you here. You need to sing with your brothers and your sisters, and you need to be encouraged by them as you see them each week. And your church needs you. Your church needs to be encouraged by you each week. Your church needs to hear your voice each week. Your pastor needs you to be here each week hearing the word so that we can work together as a body. Your church needs your individual gifting that has been given to you by God. God has gifted each of you in different ways. And most of you probably know this passage, but in 1 Corinthians 12 it says, there's a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. To each one of us is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the good of each one of us. God has given each of you gifts that are to be used to build up and encourage this body. We are not one member, we are many members. And if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, that does, not make, <clears throat> that does not make it not a part of the body. It's still a part of the body. We need a hand. We need the foot. We need the eye. We need the ear and the nose. We need all of those things. We need each other. 
and we need you exercising your gifts here in this church on a regular basis. If you're not, this church will suffer. It will be hindered. So church, some of you have gifts that God has given you, and you're not using them. Maybe you're, you're squandering them. Do not neglect the gift that God gave you. Use it for Him and for His glory. Use it in this church. God gave it to you for a reason, and He put you in this church for a reason. And the last thing I'll say on this point, again, you have to be here to use your gifts. Most of us, unfortunately, will miss some Sundays because of sickness. Some of us more than others, depending on the stage of life. Sadly, some of us may miss due to funerals or loved ones passing. There's going to be things beyond our control that are going to take us away from being here on a Sunday morning. And so, knowing that that's going to happen, we should be very intentional with the rest of our time, the rest of our Sundays. Think about how many Sundays you're going to be gone for vacation and other things, and make being here a priority this year. If you truly believe it is important, as God's Word says, make it a priority to be here to worship. People always think that they come to worship more often than they do. And I've challenged the church before, but if, if you haven't done it, you should, for your own record and knowledge, I'm not going to ask anybody for it, but like, try tracking how many Sundays you're at church throughout the year. Um, I think you'll be surprised, um, though I hope you're not, because you've made it a priority. So walk in wisdom in your worship in 2024. And then seventh and finally, walk in wisdom in your own spiritual life. What are you filled with? If you look at Ephesians 5 and verse 18, it says not to get drunk on wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. The Greek present tense here is used to indicate the filling of the Spirit is not just a once-for-all experience. When you, when you come to Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Um, but the Spirit empowers us for worship and service and ambassadorship. And what it's saying here is, while you have the Holy Spirit, you need to be, seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not filled with other things. We can be filled with other things instead. You are going to be under the influence of something. There's a reason they call it driving under the influence when someone is drunk. You're under the influence of alcohol. It alters you and the choices that you make. And so ask yourself, what are you, what are you being filled with on the regular? Hopefully it's not alcohol, um, but there's a lot of other things that we can be filled with. I don't know if anyone's seen Lord of the Rings before. Um, when I ask younger generations now, apparently it's, it's not a thing. But my generation, we were, we were big fans of Lord of the Rings. And uh, my dad, at various points in my life, has encouraged me and others not to, he says, don't look too long into the palantir. It was, uh, there was uh, King Denethor, our steward. He was a steward and ruler of Gondor. And he used this, this thing to see what the enemy was doing uh, in the movie. And he stared into it too often and too long. And he was soon filled with grief and despair and lost all hope. He was under its influence. And we can often come under the influence of other things. Anger. Sometimes we dwell so much on something from our past, maybe something more recent, something that was done to us, that we start to be under the influence of anger, and it has its way, and it, it controls us. 
Or we may stare like Denethor at the news and the horrible things going on in the world and just get sucked into it. And we get, we get filled with it. And it comes out in the way we talk and the way that we think because we're, we're under the influence of it. We listen to the music of the world, consume the movies of the world, and stare into the black hole of social media. And it starts to fill us and influence us. There's so many things that do this. But we do not want that, do we, church? We don't. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we want to be under His influence. So we need to be spending time in God's Word. You need to be consuming God's Word this year, staring into it, meditating upon the Holy Word of God. Call out to the Lord. Ask Him to fill you. Ask Him to help you walk in a manner worthy of Him. Be filled with His wisdom and knowledge of the Holy Spirit because you know this so well. You're spending so much time in the Word and in prayer. Being here with your brothers and sisters helps you to do that, helps you to be filled. Spending time in prayer and in the Word helps you to be filled. Using your gifts that God has given you, it helps. Be filled with the Holy Spirit this year. And cut out the stuff, whatever it is. If you're, if you're under the influence of some other stuff, deal with it this year. Get rid of it, cut it out, and focus on the Lord and His Word in 2024. Walk in wisdom in your own spiritual life this year. And if we do these things, man, what a, what a year we will have with the Lord, church. If we walk in wisdom in these, in these seven different ways, if we, if we do this, we will be representing Christ well as ambassadors. And that is our call this year and at all times because we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Christ. And so, to the church, I say this, as it says in Ephesians, may we lie asleep no longer. As we enter this year, wake up and rise from the dead if you've been sleeping. If you've been living in sin, turn around, repent. The Lord has much for us to do, and we need to be about His business. We need to walk in wisdom and not in foolishness this year. And as I've been talking about walking in wisdom, um, I just want to say to anyone who may not be a, a part of the church, um, and by that I don't mean a member of Liberty, I'm, I mean someone who, if you're here this morning and you've not trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, if you've not received salvation through Jesus, um, I encourage you to do that today. The wisest choice you could ever make in your whole life is to trust in Jesus. God created you in His image, and you are precious. But as you well know, if you take an honest look at yourself, you are also a sinner. You have broken God's laws. You have rebelled against Him. You've told lies in your life. You've coveted what did not belong to you. You have lusted. You've dishonored your parents and your God. You've done many things that God has commanded not to do. And it says in his word that the wages for sin, the wages for sin against God, it's death. Not just a physical one, but an eternal one. Suffering in hell. But the beautiful news is that God did something for you so that you wouldn't have to face punishment 
for your sin. Jesus went to the cross to take the punishment for your sin upon himself. He died in your place. And then he showed his power over death by rising from the grave. The book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible says that death is the destiny of every man, and the living should take this to heart. Hebrews says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that to face judgment. Take this to heart. You will not live forever, and you do not know when your day will come. Less than two months ago, I was in Belize um, visiting some churches and friends. And um, I saw a dear friend of mine um, that I met 13 years ago in Belize, and we've been good friends and have kept up since then. And uh, he was working, but we got to see him right before we headed to the airport. And... um, he was in good health, and I told him, hey, I'll be back in February, I'll see you in a few months, and he was excited, and, and uh, we hugged and said goodbye, and just a few days ago, um, I got word that he had passed away suddenly. Um, I will not see him again in this life, but I know that I, I will see him again in heaven one day. You do not know when your time will come, but it will come, and it will likely come at a time when you do not expect it. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You trust in Jesus and what he has done for you and turn away from your sins. There isn't a special prayer you have to pray. You trust turn away from your sins. Romans says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus, will be saved. So I encourage you, if you have not done that, to do that today. You can talk to me afterwards if you'd like. I'd love to pray with you, but I encourage you, walk in wisdom and do that this morning because you do not know when your last day will be. Let's pray, church. Lord, first we pray for anyone in this room that um, that doesn't know you, that is not trusted in you. God, we ask that you would call them out of the darkness and into the light, that they would turn from their sins, they would call on you to save them. May they awake and rise from the dead. Please do this, Jesus. And God, we also ask that you would help us to, as a church, to walk in wisdom this year, Lord. We don't want to walk in foolishness. We, we want to make the most of our time. We don't want to walk in foolishness. So, Lord, please reveal to our hearts where where we are walking in foolishness. Help us to turn away from it. Help us to turn away from our sin, Lord, and turn to you, that we may walk in wisdom according to your word. If we've fallen asleep, if we've 
uh, gotten distracted by other things, as we've been filled with other things. Lord, awaken us from our slumber. Shine your light on us. Lord, we want to be uh, busy about your business in 2024. We want to be good ambassadors, making the most of the time. So, God, fill us with your spirit and help us to do that. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.